Hey, 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 welcome back to the House of Trauma podcast. It's your favorite podcast host, Kiana Breanne. Now let's get into it. So here's the thing, okay? I'm no stranger to drugs. Um, seeing drugs, being around drugs, dating people who sell drugs, and personally doing drugs recreationally for 10 years. And this does include weed. In last week's episode, Hate Being Sober, I talked about my decade-long battle with weed that I didn't even realize was a battle, right, until it was time to quit and the real battle begun. If you have not listened to the Hate Being Sober episode, you know what to do. Pause this. Go listen to that for reference. (laughs) But no, seriously, um, no stranger to drugs over here. So... In this episode, we're going to talk about different drugs, addictions, habits, and all sorts of stuff. And just for reference, I think it's important to understand um, what these key words mean. Starting with drugs. A drug is a medicine or other substance which has a physiological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. And addiction, by definition, is physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance and unable to stop taking it without incurring adverse effects. Now, keep those two definitions in mind as we progress into this episode. Okay, this this is important now. <laughs> Hold on to it. In episode 14 titled Curses of Our Generation, I talked about a number of generational curses that plague my family, that plague my bloodline. You know what to do if you have not listened to Curses of Our Generation. I encourage you to do so. That is definitely one of the more powerful episodes in my humble opinion, but it will add a lot of context um to what I'm about to go into next so um curses of our generation again it discusses a lot of generational curses that plague not just my family but the entire black community but one curse in particular that I discussed was alcoholism um I'm trying to think if I went into drug abuse but alcoholism is what I'll start with um Because it runs deep in my bloodline. My family has a long history of alcohol abuse. And um, it's not just history. It's very much present. We are living in this moment um, where members of my family, uh, media family and extended family have suffered from alcohol abuse. Um, Even my very own generation, I've watched a few of my siblings struggle with alcohol abuse, maybe not full-blown alcoholism, but it's all in the same family. Can we really note that or say, even consider that one is better than the other? And I said something a while ago, um, and it wasn't just for my family, it was for my friends as well. And I said, um, that happiness that you're searching for you're not going to find it at the bottom of the alcohol bottle and sometimes 
unfortunately i feel like people think that you are and if i didn't find it at the bottom of this bottle maybe i'll find it at the bottom of the next bottle but maybe just maybe i'll find it at the bottom of the next one but even if i don't it'll numb the pain just a little bit now my hate being sober episode i discussed in depth my decade-long struggle with um weed with being addicted to marijuana and finding out later in life that this is in fact a drug guys i know i was one of those people who thought it was not but it is i know i'm just as shocked as y'all are but i guess what i'm really trying to say is life happens and it really takes a toll on you and sometimes you don't intentionally abuse alcohol or abuse drugs to numb the pain like that wasn't your original intent it could have started off completely innocent as mine's did but somewhere along the way life took a toll didn't it and you didn't even realize one drink became 10 drinks became a bottle became a daily habit right one blunt became three blunts became however many blunts I can consume in 24 hours I know I get it believe me I completely understand I completely understand how people can get addicted to drugs and how people can abuse alcohol there was a point in my life where I had to fight the urge to continuously use drugs and alcohol as a vice to handle the horrors of this reality we call life. It was a daily battle to fight those demons and to realize that I didn't need this, that I didn't need to be numb, that it was important for me to feel my emotions intensely. And... After feeling those emotions intensely, it was important to pick myself up and to try again and to try again and to try again. But I get it. I don't want you to think I don't get it. I get how hard it is to get up every day and try again just to get knocked back down. Taking three steps forward and being pushed 20 steps back. I don't want you to think I don't get it. Because I do. And it's devastating. And like I said, alcoholism runs deep in my family. Um, From what I know, from what I understand, um, my great-grandmother fell victim to alcohol abuse. And it trickled down the bloodline to my grandmother, God rest her soul, who fell victim to alcohol abuse And eventually to drug abuse. And then to my very own mother. I love my mother so much. And I watched her fight my entire life. And she fought hard. Not just for herself, but for all of her children. But you know what happens when you you fight and you fight and you fight. Eventually you lose a little bit of yourself because life, again, takes a toll. 
And eventually my mother, unfortunately, fell victim to alcohol abuse and some drug abuse. I have siblings who have fell victim to alcohol abuse and to drug abuse. And um, I'm no stranger to drugs, like I said. And this isn't just about my family. This is really about me and my experience, my decade-long experience with different drugs um, and alcohol, right? And so I want to give a little disclaimer because I don't believe that um that weed is a gateway drug let's just start there period i don't fuck what y'all say let's start there weed is not a gateway drug in my humble opinion it was just in my my case um the drug that i tried first i experimented with first right so um First of all, I thought I was going to smoke weed my whole life. And I started smoking weed when I was 14 years old. Right now, I'm 29 years old. And so, that's 15 years later. If you would have asked me 15 years ago, I would have definitely thought I'd be smoking weed every day. To this day. Like, I promise you. <laughs> but I smoke consistently um, every day until I was 28 years old. Um, Until... God told me to stop. Um, at one point, it got so bad I couldn't eat or sleep without smoking. And it wasn't like the... So, in Hey Being Sober, I talked about like when I stopped smoking weed and it became hard to eat and to drink. I mean, not to drink, to eat and to sleep. Like once I was trying to kick the weed habit. But... um it's in general, general, when I was smoking weed every day, it felt weird to eat a meal without smoking weed. So, like, if I would eat a meal, I couldn't even finish my food. Like, I would start eating it, and I'm just like, mm, food is good. Definitely not hungry. But if I go light up a blunt, I'm coming, and I'm fading this plate. <laughs> Period. No doubt in my mind. Like, it was, it was a real problem. And I remember when my mom blamed me for my two little sisters um, smoking weed. And, you know, maybe I am to blame. Who's to say they would have ever smoked if I didn't introduce them to it? We don't know. But, hey, that's how my mama feel. That I introduced them and, you know, it sort of became their life as well. We were all consumed with Mary Jane. Um, but then I began to experiment more. Um, the next drug I tried was ecstasy. And I did that for the first time with my um, ex. Well, he's my boyfriend at the time. And we were 19 years old. And I don't, I don't remember exactly what led up to us both doing this. But I just remember like not having a problem with it. And I also like to give the disclaimer that none of these drugs that I'm about to list throughout this episode and no point in time that I feel pressured 
into doing drugs. At no point in time that I feel bullied into doing drugs. There was nobody around me ever that made me feel less than if I did not participate in doing these drugs. I was a willing participant in every instance. And in some instances, I wanted to do them more than probably the people around me. So I just want to give that little disclaimer to keep in your minds as we go out. I was not bullied. I was not pressured. I was not forced. Got it? Okay. So anyways, um, I just remember from doing the X pill, staying awake all night and being super dehydrated, like just super dehydrated, just being so fucking thirsty. And I remember the first time I took it and then went to work the next day, I just like the water wasn't working for me. Like I was still dehydrated. I still felt strange, like within my body and not strange. Like I don't know how to describe it, but I just felt this feeling when I was coming down from the high and um, I remember needing orange juice. That's it. I was like, fuck this water. Give me some orange juice. And then in that moment, I realized that anytime I was quote unquote coming down from my ecstasy high, that I needed orange juice and lots of it to, um, I don't know, to feel right, I guess. So I don't want to say that I became a pro or anything like that, but essentially I learned how to navigate through life, navigate through my day to make sure my body felt better when I was coming down from my ecstasy induced high. But my drug habits progressed or experiments progressed and um, went from ecstasy to Molly. And so when I was first introduced to doing Molly, um, the people I would do the ecstasy with, including my ex-boyfriend, we were like not wanting to take the pills anymore not wanting to do the ecstasy pills and the molly was supposed to be more pure like more of a pure form of the drug versus like the ecstasy pills. like people make these pills you know they sell and if you're familiar with ecstasy pills they're like different colors with like different um like animals like different designs on the top and sometimes depending on which color or design that you took it might have had a different effect on you but essentially it was it was all the same the first time I tried Molly I felt the same but different at the same time it was a it was a better feeling like it was a better high it also um it came on quickly like I didn't have to wait as long to feel good um, within my high from the Molly and, um, <laughs> forgive me there. I say this, the sex was amazing on this drug in particular, but it was kind of hard to come by. So sometimes we will have to do the ecstasy if we wanted that feeling because the Molly was either hard to come by or not either hard to come by. It was hard to come by and sometimes more expensive than if we were doing the X pills. And one time years later, I actually took a Molly that was like in pill form, which I thought was strange. So this was me being a dumbass and I should have made better choices. But I just remember not really remembering anything from that night. And I still question if this person who I trusted 
which was a totally different person than who I was originally getting the Molly and the the ex from. If this person who I trusted to give me this drug even knew what it was we were taking, because why was the night such a blur? And not even look at pictures I took that night. And I'm like, there's no way I would have been a willing participant <laughs> in some of these pictures. It was it was just a strange time. So um, it's definitely super important if you're going to do any drug, because I'm not going to judge you or tell you not to do it. This is your life to live. And you're able to make any decisions as an adult for yourself. But it's important to be sure and be careful what you're taking and that the people who are around you, you can truly trust. Did anything happen to me that night? No. Like from what I do remember from the stories, from the pictures, the night went by just fine, but I don't like being in a space where I don't remember something that happened the night before and being so out of my mind in that sense, because that kind of thing makes me um, uncomfortable, but just that little disclaimer and I was done with Molly after that because I could not trust who I was getting this Molly from but again I should have known better because it was in a different form than the way that I had known to take it prior to that night and I always tell people that I know the drug is good or kicking in when there would be like certain songs I would play or just music in general just sounded better. But at that time, I was still kind of in the Lady Gaga born this way era. So I will always play applause by Lady Gaga, but not just the song. Like I would watch the music video and it was just a totally different thing. And it almost makes me think the people who are creating these videos and editing these videos are doped up because <laughs> it just makes more sense when you are on some type of high, not encouraging you to get high to, you know, watch a music video but that was just my um revelation back then like it was something that I noted in my mind after trying uh experimenting with Molly um then I experimented with shrooms and I forgot which one of my friends idea it was and I remember an episode of Family Guy y'all remember this episode when Brian did shrooms and he was like freaking out and like everything was bad but I did a lot of research for this particular drug and the consensus that we came to is this drug is gonna your trip is gonna mimic the experience um that you feel deep down inside so if you're like a sad person like a depressed person your trip might essentially be sad and depressing but if you're genuinely happy like everything is fine it's gonna be a happy trip and I remember um buying them buying a bunch of shrooms from this guy that I worked with I worked at Kmart at the time and um I've got enough to wear me my best friend my boyfriend at the time and his best friend we could all take them and like experience them together and I remember when I first got them and my boyfriend at the time his cousin was like those aren't real shrooms like y'all got play you know all this other stuff and I'm like well it's only one way to find out <laughs> And that's to try them. And if they just actually regular mushrooms, then, you know, at least we escape with our lives. Right. So anyways, we also had research that, um, first of all, they're disgusting and, um, they're kind of like gritty in a way, like it can, it can easily get stuck within your teeth. And so 
um, you should eat them with something. So we all like took a walk to 7-Eleven and we got whatever we wanted to eat. I think I got like a hot pocket and I like cooked my hot pocket and then I cut it open and I stuffed the shrooms in there and we all split it up evenly and we, um, we ate it and, you know, time was like going on and we were just kind of talking and hanging out and, um, then things started to get weird and like a good weird though. And I'm just like... Is that door a little further back than, you know, what it was? And I just remember I kept feeling like I was a giant. Like, I'm five foot three and a half. And my best friend is five three. But, you know, everybody else was taller than us. But I literally felt like I was like towering over everybody. Like, I just felt like a giant. Like, I don't know. There, There's so many different experiences I had within that trip that even if I explained it, to you guys in grave detail because I almost can remember everything vividly it would not make sense because you it's just something you had to be a part of and not a part of like watching me have this experience but to be in my body in my mind and see the things that I saw but overall it was a great experience and I always say the shrooms is my drug of choice like I don't I'm not giving up shrooms <laughs> because it's always just such a good experience um, for me. And I remember um, my best friend and then my boyfriend at the time, his best friend, they said that from what they could see, there was a rainbow around me. And they're like, it must be just like your aura. Like you have a beautiful aura because while they were tripping, they're like, all we can see is a rainbow like around you, like following you, like flowing with you. And it like made me feel really good um, that my aura is like a rainbow. I mean, imagine that. And again, it was another drug where we we put on music videos at one point and we're just like watching the music videos and we're all like experiencing these different things. But it's not like we were kind of like out of it, if that makes sense. We weren't like out of our minds. We weren't like out of this world. And it wasn't something that was consistently ongoing. So like if I'm sitting in a room and I'm on shrooms, the people around me, unless I tell you or unless I say something strange, you're not going to even know that this person is on shrooms. That makes sense. Like it's just like a drug. You wouldn't notice that somebody's tripping out the way they are because weird things will happen. Like, um, Again, like one minute I would feel like a giant and the next minute I would be like totally normal sitting with everybody. Like it's just, I don't know (laughs) how to explain it, but long story short, I've done shrooms a total of five or six times. Like, um, I remember doing the next time I did it, I actually did it by myself and I did it in the park because somebody suggested doing it in nature. So the first time we did it, we did it within, we stayed in my ex-boyfriend's room and then once we felt comfortable enough to leave then we would leave like outside of the room but we mainly stayed in the house and um but the second time I did it because I heard it was better in nature I went to the park and I just remember bawling crying at the park and I know people walking by like is this lady okay like I'm literally bawling crying wanting to hug a tree and I'm just like I'm so sorry that you have to be a tree and like you have to stand here and we get to be human beings and this is what we do with the world right we mistreat the world we litter we chop y'all down we just don't do right people are monsters people are killers people are just terrible and here you are a beautiful tree standing tall and strong weathering the storm no matter if it's sunshine rain snow like here you are standing tall and just really hold it down <laughs> and I think back I'm like girl you really are you're talking to trees like it was insane but still overall it was a good um experience 
And I think I might have talked about um, doing shrooms in the episode, the pandemic that changed my life. Um, Definitely go back and listen to that and see how the pandemic changed my life for the better. And uh, but basically in that episode, I talked about um, how I did shrooms under the full moon with my ex-best friend and my brother at the time. And it just completely changed my whole outlook on life. It helped. It didn't start my spiritual journey, but it definitely played a pivotal role in how I see the world and the people around me after that experience and the power of laying under a full moon and like it was just or it was it was truly an experience I did uh shrooms once in San Diego in chocolate form (laughs) and it was so weird okay so first of all I never seen it in the form of a chocolate bar and you just literally take a piece of the chocolate bar, chocolate bar and you eat it. Um, I had only ever done it like actual mushrooms and then just putting it in the food that I was eating. But, um, I remember we were at a bar and the girl, um, one of my coworkers, we, we all did it. Uh, she gave me the chocolate bar and, um, I had forgotten that I had taken it because again, we were, we were drinking and we were talking and then I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm starting to feel a little funny. And then the, the bar was kind of dark and it had like all this, um, y'all know the day of the dead, like the, um, I think it's like a, um, a Mexican holiday anyways the day of the dead it like had all this type of um decor around the um the the bar and so it was like doing all this weird stuff and I was like lean over and I was like girl oh my god I think I'm fucking tripping and I was like oh wait I am literally tripping because I forgot that I had took I don't it was it was just like whole thing long story short that was like a whole nother wild experience but like a good experience and I just have nothing bad to say about shrooms I'm sorry judge me if you wish but this is a judgment-free zone so you don't belong here um I'm not giving up shrooms I'm just not it was it is still my drug of choice sorry not sorry but shrooms is just not something I would do every day or even every month or maybe not even every year just every once in a while just bringing it back however rewinding back to so I try we first then ecstasy then molly then shrooms so I was still doing like ecstasy and molly every once in a while not really molly because again it was hard to come by and I remember this was after I turned 21 it was a couple months after I turned 21 and we were all like downtown um if you are from Milwaukee ever been to Milwaukee um you know Water Street has like a bunch of bars so we're like downtown on Water Street and I remember I really had to use the bathroom but like um the bars were closing and so they weren't really like letting people in to use the bathroom and I was with my sister and her girlfriend and then her girlfriend's brother was there and he's like if I can take you to the bathroom, I know the owner of like this place or whatever. So he walked me over there and they let me use the bathroom and then we came out. But prior to that, I was having a conversation with my sister's girlfriend about the Molly and how it was hard to come by. And essentially, did she know somebody who had some? And um, he's just like, oh, why would you do Molly and da, 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 da. So he was talking about doing coke. And I'm just like, oh, no, I never did that, you know, whatever. And so he was explaining to me why that was the better option. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, but I'm just going to stick to what I know. And um, after we went from the went to the bathroom and he was like, I have to get something out of my car real quick. And it was like right across from the restaurant that I used the bathroom in. And long story short, we went into the car and he just literally brings out this glass plate, puts some cocaine on the plate, breaks it down, does a line and says, 
do you want one? Here I am not making the best decisions in life at this point in my time. I absolutely did one. And that night changed the trajectory of how I would do drugs moving forward. Because at that point, it became my preference, right? Because shrooms isn't something you can do every day. But why would I do ecstasy? Why would I do Molly when I could do this? And there was a couple problems with me doing that. Number one, obviously, it's more expensive. It's the more expensive option. So it became costly. Number two, another big issue was if I would... I, not even if I would do it too much. Sometimes my nose would get really stuffy and then I will be fighting that because you're putting something foreign in your nose and now your nose is stuffy. And I never understood why I had that issue, but other people didn't. And potentially it was because I had no business doing what I was doing. And it would take me a while to learn how to do it correctly. And I'll never forget my mom was at my house one day and all my sisters were. And I was like, oh, we're right back. My friends outside in the car. And I went outside to do lines in the car with, this guy my sister's girlfriend's brother (laughs) that sounds crazy actually my sister's girlfriend was a good friend of mine we actually grew up together so her brother uh, my friend's brother um, he would come over sometimes and we would just do lines in the car chit chat for a while and then I would go into the house so I did that and I remember my uh, again my mom my sisters were at my house for a few days and then one day I was sitting there talking to my mom and my nose just starts running like not blood or anything just literally snot and mucus coming out of my nose and it was like so random and my mom's like what the hell is going on with you and I'm like oh nothing I just my nose is a little stuffy and I wipe my nose and that's when I realized I had to learn how to do it more correctly so that the people around me were not so aware of what it was that I was doing But the main thing that sucked about it was that it would keep me up. And I remember one night I was up and I was just doing a lot of stuff. I was thinking about a lot of stuff. One time I actually uh, color coordinated my entire closet um, because I couldn't sleep. And I've been like obsessed with my closet closet being color coordinated ever since. So I guess it went all bad. But um, it would always keep me up. And one day I remember I had seen like a um, behind the music interview. Do y'all remember behind the music they used to do on like MTV? Um, Like, you know, uh, singers and things like that. And I was watching one with Bobby Brown and he was talking about how the cocaine would keep him up and he didn't want to be up because he had experienced so much like tragedy within his life that he didn't want to sit up all night and think about this tragedy. So he would, um, he started doing heroin because it was a downer versus an upper and cocaine is an upper. And one time I actually had a really bad situation with cocaine because I didn't want to be up anymore so I was like oh weed always supposed me to sleep like I'll smoke weed but doing an upper and a downer at the same time my body didn't react well and I literally thought like I don't know I couldn't breathe my heart was beating fast like my palms were sweaty um the water wasn't doing anything for me like juice wasn't doing anything for me I just felt so dry like nothing could calm me down I was inside like I was outside and at this time I worked at the hospital and I was like oh my god am I gonna have to go to the hospital and I'm like that's your job if you have to go to the hospital and explain to the freaking and I worked in the emergency department and the closest hospital to my house was the hospital that I worked at and I'm like am I really gonna go to my job and explain to the emergency department why I'm here because I shouldn't be smoking weed number one and number two I definitely shouldn't be doing no other drug and so to say that I did them together and I was just like that is completely not an option and that's when I realized I needed to kind of like slow down 
or just like stop completely. So I did um, for a while stop doing it. And then fast forward, I end up um, meeting this guy, my my ex-fiance. If you um, listen to Thank You Next, he was lover number three. And um, turns out that that was something, a drug that he indulged in as well. And so it was kind of like a, a bad situation. It wasn't like we were doing it every day, or at least I was not, but it was kind of bad because I had someone to enable me to bring up a bad habit that I had already decided was not in my best interest after the whole incident when I thought I had to go to the hospital. And we got into arguments a lot, like when he would be high on coke or we would both be like we got into a lot of arguments and sometimes things escalated within our relationship because we were both sort of out of our minds and high on drugs and it was another reason for me to kind of step back from doing that and he didn't want to step back from doing it so that was one of the things that led to the demise of our relationship and I I just remember after my dad died my urge to do cocaine um, was reignited and it was almost uncontrollable because I was just in a really dark place in my life and I was looking for anything and everything to take me out of my reality because I was so devastated and so heartbroken. And at that point in my life, I was making a decent amount of money, more than enough to live comfortably and still have money to spare. So I spared no expense to get the drug that I wanted. And I so bad, I remember at one point I was doing it almost every day, if not every day. And every couple of days I was spending $100, I was spending $200 and another $100. And this was going on for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And I remember one time, because at this time me and my ex had already broken up and he had to leave my home. And so I was paying the rent on my own. And I remember I was maybe like a hundred or two hundred dollars short on my rent and so I got to thinking back to every single time I paid to support my poor habits and I literally was like I can't do this I can't live like this anymore but just to put things into perspective once I before I came to that revelation it got so bad I was taking it to work with me I'm so ashamed to admit like it was so bad I would go on break and go into the bathroom and literally lock the door and be doing like lines in the bathroom just just to keep myself going like it it was such an ugly time it was such an ugly place I can't even believe I'm admitting this right now but it was it got really really bad but one day I just looked myself in a mirror and I'm like what I will not do is not be able to pay my bills and jeopardize having a roof over my head to do a few lines like absolutely not it ain't never that deep so I did not quit cold turkey I would be lying if I said I just stopped that day I started to lessen the um, the amount that I would buy I started to listen how often I would buy it and then I think the last few times like I really was sold some some bullshit I'm like I know the coke and this ain't it and I confronted a guy one time and then I confronted my friend because this is this is your man's and she was kind of like vouching for him and he was swearing up and down that it was this and it was that and I'm like well it's not the usual stuff and I was like I will not be no I'm not playing with my money like that I already shouldn't be buying it and then y'all gonna give me some bullshit no so eventually I just stopped doing it altogether 
and I realized I, I was quickly forming a habit, a really bad habit. We talk about bad habits, but this, this, this was bad. Like this could have really gotten bad, like worse than what it already was. I was spending money I shouldn't have been spending. Imagine the hundreds and two hundreds of dollars every couple of days that could have been like saved or put towards something that was important, but I'm spending it on drugs. Like it was insane. And I was using drugs and alcohol as vices to again fight the horrors of my reality. And it wasn't like I was just only, well, in some cases, I was just only doing drugs, but I would do a couple lines before I would go out and then I'm drinking. So I'm like mixing all these different substances together. And it was just, it was not, it was not good. It was definitely not a good space for me to be in. Uh, and I always think about Ariana Grande's song, Breathing. Um, and I think she came out with that song after uh, what was it, Mac Miller died. And there's a line that says, uh, people tell me to medicate. And I don't want to medicate. And I don't want this to be my medication. And like I said, it got really bad after my dad died. And I'm just like, I have to deal with this another way. I have to deal with this another way. And so I went back to smoking weed on a daily. Because even when I was doing that, um, I wasn't smoking weed as much. Because I had already learned my lesson from doing them at the same time. And it just was not a good mix. It was not a good mix at all. So maybe about a year, year and a half later, I end up trying acid with my best friend. And again, acid is one of those drugs like shrooms where they get a bad rep and you think you're going to have like this scary out of body experience. Acid was very similar to shrooms um, in a way for me. Much like shrooms, my best friend and I, we stayed in the house originally. And I said it was really small. It was like a little, looks like a little sheet of paper. We put it on our tongues, let it dissolve. And, you know, we waited for it to take its effects. And we waited to make sure we were comfortable. And then we were actually at one of her friend's house and who didn't do it. But then she wanted to go out to... um the bar and I remember just having one drink while I was there because I really didn't feel the need to be drunk because I was already on a trip and um I just the, the main thing I remember about acid was just laughing uncontrollably like everything was funny like everything was so funny and I still have videos in my phone to this day and you just see me and my best friend sitting at a table at this bar just like laughing uncontrollably I don't know why everything was so funny it was like it was crazy and then you know once bar time was over and we all went our separate ways and I felt comfortable enough to drive in hindsight because hindsight is 2020 it probably wasn't the best decision for us to drive I mean nothing we both made it home safely but I lived kind of far in comparison to everybody else so driving probably wasn't the best idea and crazy enough I was actually sitting at a red light on my way home and somebody runs into the back of my car can y'all believe this? So it took me a minute to realize what happened because I'm like, oh, am I fucking tripping or not? Am I fucking tripping or not? And I looked back and I looked at my rearview mirror and I'm like, no, this car is really like, it just hit me. And I'm like, they bet not have fucked up my BMW. Oh my goodness. So I get out the car, the girl gets out the car, stumbling, drunk, uncontrollably fucking drunk. I look inside the car. She has a passenger in her car who is like so sleepy. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that I hit your car. I'm like, yeah, you did. But there was like, 
no damages to it. It might have been like a little scratch or something, but nothing major. Nothing, I'm not waiting for the police. I want that big of a deal to me. And I just let her know that you're you did ass wrong for being drunk on this road like this and you need to go somewhere i'm like you need to go home or wherever it is that you're about to go and you need to get there safely and then i just got back in my car and i pulled off and i just remember like my heart beating a thousand miles per hour because i'm just like oh my god and then i'm on fucking acid and i'm like it's this thing and when i got home um I couldn't go to sleep right away. It wasn't something that kept me up all night, but I couldn't go to sleep right away. And I remember laying in my bed and my eyes were closed. And when I opened my eyes, I had up like a bunch of things like lined up on my dresser and it kind of like everything was like dancing around on the dresser. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I kind of just listened to music until I fell asleep because music is best on drugs. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is my long experience my decade-long experience experience with experimenting with different drugs and I've always known that alcoholism and drug abuse runs deep in my family line and I never wanted to fall victim to that so sure I can say I was never heavily addicted but I still posed the risk and I still abused it to a certain extent and I'm not proud of that But I'm also not ashamed because those experiences, the good and the the scary, um, it definitely shaped me. It shaped, it helped shape my reality. I actually remember once having a conversation with my dad and he told me, um, you wouldn't believe the people who tried crack even in this family. And he would tell me that back then it was like a, a thing that people thought was cool like if you did it and he's like but drugs are not fucking cool no matter how people try to spin it so I don't want this to be like me trying to spin it and make it seem like that this long list of drugs that I've tried were cool because they weren't and there were many instances where it could have been seriously dangerous or fatal for me because I wasn't making the smartest decisions in which the drugs I consumed into my body So I have to ask myself, would I still do drugs today? The answer would have to be no. And the reason is, except for shrooms, like, come on, y'all. I said I wasn't going, I ain't going to lie. But outside of that, would I do any type of drug today? And the answer is no, because the reality is you can't rationalize with doing drugs. You're either in or you're out. So back then when I was trying to rationalize, like, oh, well, I'm only doing this drug or I'm only doing it ever so often. But I just told y'all a story about how I literally almost got addicted to cocaine and it can happen so quickly. And you don't even know that it's happening while it's happening until you can't until you're in the thick of it and you can't not do it anymore. And it's hard and it becomes an addiction Then now you have to kick then now your body is something your body is wanting. So again, you can't rationalize it. You're either in the drugs or you're outside of it. And I'm making a conscious decision to now be outside of it. Drug and alcohol dependency is real. Like it's so very real. And seeing as it's so prevalent in my my bloodline, like within my family is something I feel like I have to fight extra hard to stay away from so that I don't too fall victim to it. What advice would I give to anybody who's wanting to experiment with any drug? 
That's a good question. I guess the advice I would give is don't. Don't do it. Don't start something that you're not sure you're going to be able to stop. Love your body more than I love mine. Make better decisions. Don't just do it just to do it. Like a lot of times I was doing it just to do it. And I didn't always make the smartest decisions. And again, there were instances where I feel like God truly protected me and protected my body, both mentally and physically from the drugs I had consumed. Because here's the thing. Nine times out of 10, we don't really know what it is that we're taking. We don't really know what it is that we're consuming. And we definitely don't know how our bodies will react to it. I've seen people do the same drugs I did and have a totally different and terrible, horrific experience than the one I had. But nobody could have ever foreseen something like that happening. And sometimes you don't know you have an addictive personality until you have something in front of you to be addicted to. So my advice, find a positive and healthy coping mechanism for your trauma. I can see how people get addicted to drugs and abuse alcohol because there was a point in my life when I had to fight the urge to continuously use drugs and alcohol as a vice to handle the horrors of this reality we call life. My name is Kiana Breanne. Don't forget to email me your advice questions at houseoftrauma at gmail.com. I'll see you next week.